No. Press the pause button with you. Welcome to From the Valley Podcast with your host, Tim Wilshire. Yeah, welcome back to the podcast on a Monday, the 8th of April 2019. How are you going, Robert Cooper? Good. How are you, Tim? Very good. So, listeners will probably remember if uh, I think about the third episode I did, Robert Cooper came on. And uh, I think it was probably one of the longest episodes, if not the longest episode we ever did. So it was sort of... We were going for a world record, weren't we? Uh, probably, but today's podcast won't be as long. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, have you, so what, what's been happening, Robert? Uh, what, tell us a bit about what's, what's been going on in your life. Uh, well, uh, you know, our, our business is, uh, is, is pretty busy, but uh, um, in recent times there's been some issues that are affecting a business like mine, um, and one of is, is the, uh, uh, the Royal Commission, the Hain Royal Commission, and some of the recommendations that they've made, which is going to impact greatly the financial services sector. Mm. And that is something that long term we have to consider. Um, basically, the Hain Royal Commission has made it clear they don't like what they call conflicted remunerations, which is uh, something that a profession like insurance broking, uh, mortgage broking, basically any sort of broking profession uh, uh, deals with. However, we've got a, a fair few arguments why uh, there are merits uh, in the current system we have where we get paid uh, uh, commissions from insurance companies. And so as an insurance broker, we um, will uh, quote and advise our clients before we ever get paid. And then if the uh, client makes the decision to proceed with uh, uh, cover, uh, with the recommendations that we make, we then uh, place the cover with that insurance company that's uh, come up with the best deal for them. And then uh, ultimately uh, um, we get paid back by the insurance companies. And it's the same for mortgage brokers. Mm. Um, um, They'll go to a number of different institutions and see get the best deal for their client and arrange a a mortgage accordingly. Uh, There has been some other conflicts in our profession in the past, Uh, for instance... Some of those insurance companies uh, uh, have owned some of the intermediary networks, but there's always been agents of uh, insurance companies, just the same way as there's been mortgage broking organisations that have been owned by the the banks. Mm. So it's uh, it's it's interesting. I mean, uh, I mean, obviously, what was quite prevalent with the Royal, uh, the Hain Royal Commission was. Uh, you know the mortgage brokers were certainly singled out in a couple of sentences, basically, and then um, the government or both sides of government have tried to go and try to defend brokers and what they or mortgage brokers and what they do. Um, but it would seem like it seemed quite uh, you know, and obviously they look they look at things like conflicts of interest. Um, but and obviously they sort of want what they want is more of a fee for service model. Is, is what I guess Hain was probably more preferable on but you tell me I guess with the fee for service uh, option and uh, would that 
is that something that would ever work in the insurance broking industry? Do you see, or do you, is it always have yeah. to work with commission? Do you think? It it does work uh, when you get to the large corporate accounts where they're paying millions of dollars in insurance. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the commissions are unfairly skewed towards uh, the insurance broker. Then, so what they'll generally do is um, is is net back the premium from the commissions and uh, charge a professional fee for the, the services that are involved. So that's the very large yeah. companies. But for small business, uh, they don't have a lot of expenses and they usually look to try and keep costs down. Uh, they certainly know that they need to speak to an accountant early on, uh, but uh, not many of them will go and seek uh, legal advice or insurance advice. Um, now, what is welcoming uh, with uh, legal advice and insurance advice is lawyers might offer the first hour for free uh, to discuss uh, something with them and try and establish a relationship with them. The way we establish a relationship with our client is basically providing uh, upfront free advice until they're in a position where they want to uh, insure. They don't have to take out insurance. So we can spend a lot of time providing quotes uh, to our clients and they may never ever go ahead and take out the cover. In fact, some of them uh, decide that they won't perhaps start up a business early on Mm. Um, and but it hasn't cost them anything. Yeah. Now, if we bring in fees, there's a certain point that we've got to start uh, uh, charging fees, uh, and we've got to be upfront with what sort of fees that we charge per hour. Uh, at the moment, we don't say to a, a customer, "Well, it uh, usually involves uh, eight hours doing all the work to set up a, an insurance program for you." Uh, and we charge out at $200 an hour, uh, then the person is very quickly put off with just the fees. Yeah. But if we earn a commission uh, from the insurer, uh, and the bulk of that money is going to the insurance company um, anyway, um, then part of that money is coming back to us as a commission. Now, I can understand why they might think it's conflicted remuneration because there's you know, a chance that an insurance broker might say, oh, well, I'll stand to earn a lot more money if I uh, place it with this insurance company with their higher premium. However, we're in competition with other insurance brokers. Yeah, exactly. And quite often when a person starts out before they establish a relationship with an insurance broker, they might uh, um, access uh, various sources such as the internet, uh, going online and getting a quote. Uh, they might uh, speak to a couple of different insurance brokers and see which one they have a good rapport with. And the, the and for, for that reason, we're in competition, so it's not in our, uh, uh, in our interests and, and, uh, to uh, maximise the commission that we uh, earn. From our client's point of view... Uh, in theory, if they went direct to the insurance company, they would get the, the premium uh, for exactly the same uh, than the, they would through a broker. But the advantage of using an insurance broker is that apart from us accessing all the markets they wouldn't even know about, because uh, not all of them are on, on the internet offering 
their services. The knowledge of the market is, is obviously something you, you see every second of the day. Yeah, we also can interpret the complicated policy document. It's not the easiest the, of documents yeah, I to. I guess the, the, the main things that, that you know the main types of things in the policy that uh, yeah that, uh, you know someone's going to obviously need to consider. Yeah, well, with a policy document, for instance, I mean, you can read on the first page that you're covered for just about everything, um, but four or five pages into the document, you start seeing the things that they are excluding out of it, mm. uh, and it's it, and, and they're not easy documents. You've got to virtually read the whole lot in context. Not every business person has the time to do that, mm. or perhaps the legal knowledge. Uh, in uh, that they uh, have learnt to be able to follow documents like that. Mm. So we're there to interpret those policy documents for them as well. Uh, Access a wider range of markets, as you mentioned. Seek out the best cover at the best price. So we're very wary of uh, certain endorsements or restrictions that might be put on that particular occupation's uh, cover that uh, um, may mean that they get a lower premium uh, but knocks out a lot of cover they they ordinarily would want to uh, to be protected for. So those things are all discussed with our our clients. And uh, But probably the third most important thing is, and it's often forgotten, is that uh, claims happen. And when a claim happens, they need someone there to assist them through the, the process someone there to uh, negotiate uh, with insurers uh, and make sure things are tracking along the way they should be, uh, making sure that the insurers uh, are paying uh, the claims the way it's set out in the policy document. Mm. And uh, there's a whole range of services we uh, provide in the claims sector that... uh, uh, so we're virtually an advocate at claims time for our clients. Mm. Uh, yeah, so it's, uh, it's a, a big service that we provide. Now, the Hain uh, Royal Commission has actually given us a three-year repri- reprieve uh, before it, uh, our commissions are reviewed again. Uh, we so that's ha- another three years, so sort of 2022. Yeah, so we, we really need to set about educating uh, particularly small to medium business. Because yeah, they definitely need the yeah. education in, in that space to be able to understand what's going to happen. You know. Yeah, the, the large uh, corporates, yeah, there's a fine line between where it be- becomes beneficial uh, for a fee to be charged instead of earning commissions. But, uh, and, uh, but on the other hand... Well, we need to be paid for our work that we do. So, I mean, we could go about the same process of uh, of not um, uh, earning anything until we place the insurance cover. But then if we do place the insurance cover and then give them our fee for doing that, um, there's going to be, uh, I think, a lot of issues uh, with the customer. So much so... They'll probably say to themselves, well, I could jump on the internet and do this for myself. Trouble with jumping on online and arranging your own insurance cover is that uh, you won't get any advice, um, uh, certainly not comparing one insurer with another. You, You are totally responsible for checking out the level of cover that you've got. And if anything, the consumer will lose 
out of the um, uh, the whole process if the fees that uh, we end up um, charging uh, 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 will encourage our clients to say, "Well, I could save that money myself and do it myself." Yeah. However, are they going to get the uh, best possible advice? They've saved some money, but no, are they going to get the right cover? Exactly. They're, going to, they're not going to know if it's the right policy unless they know what exactly everything that you would know, which is impossible. You I mean they haven't? You know, they're not an insurance broker unless they're an insurance broker. They don't know yeah. the policy inside out like an insurance broker would. And obviously, all the years of experience in knowing what what's actually happened in the past, what's happening now, what's happening in the future. So, having a broker. Um, for anything, but in, in, in your case, an insurance broker is certainly something that uh, you, you, in business you've got to have that. You've got to have somebody who, who can basically steer you in the right direction. I mean, I don't know. Um, I don't sort of associate too many with too many other insurance brokers, but I know that um, that yourself and Mandy go to you know huge lengths to to make sure a claim is, is followed you know to the letter of the law uh, for the benefit of the client. So. Um, you know that's that's something you're not going to be able to get if you try to try to do it all yourself. That is for sure. So um, yeah, uh, what about so with mortgage broking? Do you think that's going to just have a similar sort of? Uh, I guess in the future, what do you think is going to happen? They're, they're talking about trail commission sort of disappearing. Um, yeah, well, the the government and apparently the opposition have now relented on mortgage brokers to a certain extent, have, yeah. but. Uh, I think what they're advocating is that uh, they just want them to get paid one upfront um, commission mm. and I think the argument for mortgage brokers is that they do have a duty of care to make sure that their uh, customer is still getting the best deal that's available in the market and it's not something that we uh, even with insurance companies we like to chop and change every year because it's it's a lot of additional paperwork and, and, and it will just add costs in the long term to everybody's yes. loans. However, you know, after say five years, uh, a mortgage broker might uh, be aware of uh, a more attractive deal uh, for that particular customer. Um, there isn't any real incentive for them to uh, offer that back to their customer uh, unless they have a continual um, duty uh, to them, and 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 I think their argument is the trailing commission means that they have an ongoing duty to uh, um, still be in touch with their mm. their their clients. It's not uh, an upfront transaction, and we'll never ever meet again. Uh, mm. uh, so that could be disruptive to their profession because what could happen is that another mortgage broker might come in uh, and offer to do a review of their current um, loan and come up with a much better solution and, and they they win a, a big upfront commission uh, instead uh, and they change to a different mortgage broker. Now ultimately um, people have to pay for those sorts of services. Mm. So. I don't. I don't see anything wrong with the the the, the current uh, mortgage broking um, um, method of commission. Just like I don't see anything wrong with the current insurance broking uh, method, but I do agree that uh, brokers need to be acting for clients, uh, 
uh, not for insurance companies or banks. Mm. And as much as possible, that sort of conflict uh, should be eliminated. And we've seen that a fair bit in recent times. For instance, uh, IAG, the biggest insurer in Australia, owned a, a very large network of authorised representatives and had a broking licence. Uh, and and uh, it was a community broking network. And they saw that as... A potential conflict uh, going forward into the future, so they ended up selling uh, that business to the Steadfast Group. Yeah. And, uh, and Vero currently uh, own a, um, a business called uh, Resilium, which is also a network of, an, of authorised representatives, and they have an arm called uh, Resilium Insurance Broking. And I, th- I believe that they're considering uh, um, offloading that simply so they don't get accused of any bias or mm. conflicts of interest there. But in regards to the Commission, uh, I think if we look at the historical context of how commissions came about, it, it really came about is that uh, uh, with the Insurance Contracts Act, uh, which came into force in Australia about 35 years ago, and... Prior to that, um, insurance companies um, had their own sales and service divisions. They, they used to call the, the people in those positions fire inspectors or uh, insurance inspectors, and uh, they were representing the company as employees. And over time, particularly with the differentiation between uh, what an insurance company is and what a, an insurance broker is, we saw that uh, insurance companies very much didn't want to write everything uh, that was out there. They, they, they wanted to um, charge premiums for what they perceived to be the good risks and charge higher premiums for what they saw as the bad risks. Uh, and basically it was only insurance brokers that really knew each of those companies and how competitive they could be on certain risks. So when you're insurance, uh, an insurance broker, you send out a submission to each of those companies. And an insurance company that particularly happens to like a particular occupation, they'll come back with their quote, and that may be more competitive than another insurance company that's had a, a bad run of claims on that particular uh, occupation. So an insurance broker's role was then to... Um, uh, find the insurance company that will give the, the client the best deal. So in the meantime, uh, the insurance companies reviewed their need to have a sales and service department that dealt direct with the public uh, and started to consider, well, um, we have to pay for that sales force to be uh, at our front desks at the shop front and they're, they're, they're not able to write uh, everything they can. They're, they're basically telling people no a lot of a lot of the time and we're paying for that so why don't we get rid of our, our own sales yeah, force and leave it all to the insurance brokers and that that commission is based on the expense that they would normally have paid to run their own sales force mm. so insurance companies started to become more of a instead of having a shop front they sort of disappeared yeah. high up into an office tower and only dealt with brokers and a lot of them, uh, if you rang them direct, they said you'll have to talk to an insurance broker. And uh, and as a result, 
that's how the insurance broking profession really started to kick off um, uh, uh, on its own. Now, what's happened since then is that um, the internet's come along and they've been able to replace human beings from saying no um, to be able to uh, put in programs and so forth where you, you can go in yourself and give them your occupation and a computer will say yes or no and uh, if it says yes it will quote the premium they would do instead of having to have that human being that you have to pay wages to doing it for you. So the insurance companies have found that they can now come back into that area and compete. However, they, they haven't got any people to give you advice. Um, right. So uh, while you can access um, their, their premiums online and they'll send you a copy of the policy wording, uh, they can't do any more than that. And uh, as a result, uh, um, while we see that as competition, uh, we know our point of differentiation is the fact that we can give advice to our clients and uh, they're not paying any different, basically. Uh, And the trouble is there's a a lot more disputes that happen uh, uh, for the uh, online direct market Mm. compared to the insurance-breaking market, and that's borne out with statistics from ASIC, who uh, found that uh, um, with all the reports to what was previously FOSS, now uh, AFCA, uh, the uh, insurance companies um, where uh, there's a broking, broking involvement have uh, a lot lower number of complaints and that's because us brokers are, are there making sure the insurance company is doing the right thing and paying the claim and uh, so what I would say is that if, if they do ban commissions and we have to charge a fee I think people more and more will go and use the internet, yeah. won't get the advice, there'll be a lot more claims disputes. There'll be a lot more mistakes happening as well. Yeah. And when it comes to obviously getting the wrong types, the wrong inclusions in the policy, yeah. and stuff that they don't need and, and stuff that that's obviously they should have that they miss out on. So, so I think the consumer will be yeah. the big loser at the end of the day and, and all right, the government can strengthen ASIC's laws, but uh, if anything... Uh, um, it could have all been prevented by having people uh, able to give advice and uh, when you start up a business you need advice from a wide range of sources but insurance broking uh, an insurance broker isn't one that readily comes to mind and and I'm very grateful for the accounting profession that usually says to a client um, have you looked at uh, talking to an insurance broker about how to protect um, your, your business in case you're sued or, or the assets that you've got and, uh, and, and from there they say they're a bit wary of uh, an insurance broker, what's it going to involve but they talk to us and, and basically they're getting free advice up front and it's, it's only when they decide that they want to insure those assets and their liabilities that uh, we, uh, um, we earn any money uh, from it. Mm. I mean, other brokering industries, I mean, what we sort of haven't heard much about um, is is real estate uh, agents and that type of thing. What, what do you think about, because they obviously work on a basis where they get paid a commission and obviously, and it's 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 a matter of obviously different, you know, different um, courses because obviously they, they all they're doing is trying to sell a property. 
um, yeah. for, and, and obviously try to sell it for the best price. Um, what do you think of real estate agents, the way they earn commission? Well, yeah, they've, they've got a lot of... Um, uh, and then you've got your fixed fee competitors as well. Yeah, yeah that, that's true, and is, that's going to be an interesting uh, area to watch. But it comes down to who the real estate agent is uh, uh, actually working for, and we don't hear of real estate brokers. So where it would be a real estate broker uh, would be um, me going to... Um, I suppose it's more of a buyer's agent, isn't it? Yeah. In, in that sort of industry, people like Simon Presley, who's, who's you know, the buyer's agent, you know, gets a fee from the buyer, goes out and finds the property. Yeah, so if, uh, um, if I wanted to look for a house in, say, Sydney, and I don't know Sydney too well, and uh, um, I, I might get a, a real estate broker to source out uh, 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 houses for me, and they'd negotiate with a real estate agent that's, that's part or of directly do, yeah. uh, with the buyer. Um, motor vehicle brokers, and you and I know a few motor vehicle and also uh, brokers. vehicle search brokers. Yeah. Yeah. So if I said to a motor vehicle broker, oh, I really want uh, to have a uh, a particular type of car. And uh, yeah, then he would go to car dealers uh, to he's able to access and see if that car that particular car is available, whether it's brand new or second hand. Um, negotiate a deal on your behalf, and he earns a commission from the, the car dealer. Um, you get the car at the same price you would have bought it for, but you haven't had all that time looking around, yeah. um, constantly going through. Um, carsales.com or uh, um, driving around on a, uh, a Saturday to lots of dealerships looking for for, for that, that car that you specifically want and uh, a motor vehicle broker can take all that time and trouble uh, 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 away f- uh, for you and and so the, the role of a broker whether it's insurance mortgages um, uh, finance uh, uh, as well um, is is quite valuable, but uh, the what can put off our customers is the fact that they might have to pay a large fee uh, when if they went direct to that uh, that particular dealer, they'd get the car at the same amount and uh, and uh, um, and compared to if they went through a vehicle dealer, they get the car at the same amount. So. The car, it's easier for the car dealer because they spend a lot of time trying to sell cars and not getting a sale. Uh, instead, they've got someone that says, have you got this car? Mm. And they, they, yeah. uh, they're they more likely to get a sale. So it saves time. And it's the same for ins- insurance companies. It, mm. it saves time uh, uh, for them. Uh, and, and, and that process, there is a cost to that process and that cost is passed on uh, to the brokers, and so that's why I don't necessarily agree that it's uh, conflicted remuneration, uh, uh, like the Hain Royal Commission has uh, has said. I think, uh, and so we basically, us insurance brokers now have to go out and educate the public, the community, small businesses, and medium businesses uh, about. Uh, what an insurance broker does, uh, why they're important in the equation, how valuable they can be to their business, uh, 
Now it's not going to cost them any more, but they're going to be getting uh, advice that's critical uh, uh, to protect their assets and liabilities uh, when it comes to uh, um, um, some disaster that could uh, hit them uh, in, down the track, and uh, which otherwise they'd have to go about uh, spending a lot of their own time doing themselves. Mm. So. I, 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 <coughs> sorry, I guess with uh, CPR insurance services, you guys obviously have won quite a few awards over in recent years. Um, what 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 sort of awards have been? Not, you, you got nominated for some more awards recently, didn't you? Yeah, yep. Uh, we've uh, got nominated um, once again for uh, insurance brokerage one to five staff in the insurance uh, uh, Australia magazine uh, awards. Uh, and they're being held on the 4th of May. So uh, um, Mandy and I are going down for that. Whereabouts uh, will that uh, down in Sydney? Or? Yeah, in Sydney. It's going to be at the Star Casino. It's, uh, uh, we went to the equivalent one last year and we were fortunate enough to pick up uh, the award for um, Insurance Brokerage of the Year, one to five staff. So um, we're going to see if we can do it back to back. I think, uh, uh, I think you've got a, always got a good chance. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, I think you guys obviously do a really good job, and you, you know, you, the awards that you win, uh, you know, very much deserve. You guys put in a lot of hard work. You, you're certainly out there for your clients, and you know, you certainly do do everything you can to to make sure that they have a great experience. And that's that's what uh, yeah, that, yeah, that's why you get um, a lot of clients, you know, coming to see you every year and and uh, yeah. sprouting you and saying, look, these people should be winning awards, you know, so that's... that's yeah, well, it did uh, create a boost for our business last year, but uh, it has put a... Uh, on the other hand, uh, we, we we want to put more staff on um, to try and handle that, uh, that additional workload. Mm. It hasn't been easy to find... Uh, Experienced, yeah, qualified yeah. insurance brokers. You find a pretty dif- is it a difficult process to find the right sort of staff in your industry? Yeah, it is. It's a problem that uh, the insurance broking industry um, uh, has in general. It's it's insurance broking isn't one of those occupations that uh, you dream of being when you're at school. And usually, the uh, most of us have come across insurance broking and fallen into it in, in some way. Uh, perhaps uh, in my case, I decided uh, that I wouldn't go to university straight away, and I um, uh, and I wanted to work. And I really didn't. Probably the main problem with going to university is I didn't really know what I wanted to uh, end up doing. And uh, so I took a job uh, uh, in, with an insurance company as a junior clerk, mailboy, uh, which is the other term for it, and. It happened to be with an insurance company, uh, an insurance company called Edward Lumley and Sons, which has uh, became known as Lumley's and unfortunately has now been sold to uh, IAG uh, and is now part of CGU. But uh, I got very interested in what the insurance industry was all about then and put off going to university for quite a few years after. But when I did go to university, it was to do a postgraduate degree in insurance. Uh, and then an MBA, but uh, 
but yeah, uh, uh, it was only because I it was an available job and it happened to be with an insurance company that I took a, an interest in insurance. But I don't know how we can break those barriers and uh, and have uh, in our industry we tend to find a lot of sons and daughters of uh, insurance brokers uh, uh, becoming the the next generation of insurance brokers. Uh, some people say it's the best kept secret. Uh, our, our profession, uh, our profession is ha- has a whole wide range of skills required in it, um, and and there can be a great deal of stress involved in it. But I think there's probably stress in any professional services uh, job, and also due to legislation over the years, it's becoming more and more. Um, necessary it's for us to be qualified. Regular, fairly regulated with the paperwork. Yeah, particularly for certain types of products that they they, they call retail products. Uh, if you want to give advice on motor vehicle insurance, you have to uh, write out a statement of advice. But uh, we think it's a fantastic profession. It's, it's You learn something new every day. Yeah, okay. And... And you get to use a wide range of skills, everything from you know, legal knowledge, you know, a bit of accounting knowledge, negotiation skills, mm. and uh, uh, but the biggest skill you need as an insurance broker is the uh, is the ability to uh, form good relationships with people. Uh, an insurance broker is an intermediary. In other words, we're in between the client or customer. Uh, and the insurance companies. Uh, yeah. We represent the client and the customer. Uh, however, we naturally have to get along well with insurance companies to be able to get a good deal for our clients and customers. Yeah. Yeah. So it's very much a, a relationship business, and we've had friendships in our industry uh, for a great many years, mm. and, uh, and these people uh, helped us with our own business Mm. when we've needed uh, um, something to get uh, a client across the line. Often it's been an insurance company that's given us the deal um, uh, for our client. Mm -hmm. And uh, we... uh, So, and that's probably the biggest skill you need, the ability to form good uh, personal relationships uh, with people. So, uh, Robert, uh, obviously we're going to a, a uh, networking lunch today, the, the Valley Chamber of Commerce uh, Cloudland yeah. lunch. Uh, guest speaker, Prime Minister Scott Morrison. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see what he has to say, that's for sure. Uh, when, when, we, when we sort of get close to an election like this, is this something you sort of look forward to and say, oh, gee, I wonder what's going to happen next, what, how, how, you know, the outcomes of these different, uh, you know, I guess life-changing things that happen yeah. uh, when it comes to politics? Well, I think a lot of uh, people involved in the insurance industry uh, worry about uh, more and more red tape. Yep, always. And more legislation on us. Um, and remember, that legislation is based around uh, um, consumer issues, just for a minority of matters. And usually, as we say, from you know, in any industry, um, in any profession, you're going to get the odd person doing the wrong thing and it can taint your whole industry and the governments tend to make laws to fix up that small percentage that uh, that do the wrong thing and don't give anyone else the opportunity to, 
to do it. So as a result, over years, we've uh, got a lot more legislation uh, that regulates uh, our industries. And you see it with the accounting profession too. Uh, and uh, But I, I have tended to find that I, uh, in the 40 years that I've been in insurance, it hasn't really mattered uh, who was in government. We, they always seem to be fairly bipartisan on any legislation to do with the financial services industry. And, yeah. uh, um, and one party might come up with a the legislation, there's a change of government, but the next, the next uh, government uh, still brings it in and Im- implements it. So, so some people are fearful of it. Um, but more now, we've got uh, issues that are concerning uh, insurance companies and uh, you know the area of, uh, uh, for instance, uh, non-conforming or uh, uh, cladding that's been found to be fitted to buildings, and we've had a couple of uh, big fires in Melbourne, and then of course the disaster in London with the Grenfell Centre, and so issues like uh, cladding uh, comes back uh, and affects our industry because suddenly. Uh, insurance companies are wondering if they're rating, uh, charging an appropriate rate for those particular buildings that might be using cladding that, that could be highly flammable on the mm. outside of their buildings. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, yeah. Uh, then climate change is uh, another issue, particularly for people in North Queensland. The North Queenslanders... There's a lot of heat. Yeah, pro- their property, property rates are going up... Um, Enormously, because they have a lot more intense cyclones and storms that hit the region. Flood seasons and floods, yeah, fires. So we know the theory where you know if 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 the if if it's getting hotter, there's going to be more evaporation over oceans, and then when it crosses the land, uh, Mm. they're going to dump even more water. So we see a lot more floods in different parts of the world. There's a major flood in um, in Iraq at the moment. Oh, in Iraq, okay. Yeah, and Iraq or Iran, uh, around there. So we're seeing um, big variances uh, in the weather, and for insurance companies, they've got to factor that into into their rating of of, uh, risks because insurance companies don't want to make losses, and they and they have shareholders that all want to get dividends. Uh, So. As a result, um, they'll put the rates up for certain regions that they think of a much higher risk and uh, perhaps start reserving more money for the major okay. catastrophes down the track and that impacts on everyone's premium. So generally at the moment we're seeing most people's premiums going up. Um, yeah, yeah, you don't see them coming down, that's for sure. No. Uh, in the... And that's in the property area. Uh, in the liability area, well, uh, certain pockets of areas uh, uh, had had some impacts, such as for building surveyors and fire engineers uh, with the cladding issue. Uh, uh, they're looking to blame someone. And there has just been a recent court case in Melbourne where the fire engineers and building surveyors um, uh, and an architect have had to pay 97% of the... The, uh, uh, the losses on the uh, what was called the lacrosse building uh, following a cladding fire on that. So there's all these issues that always pop up all the time 
um, uh, and become a concern to us because it, it, it can send up prices. And, and believe me, we don't, we don't want our, our clients having to pay uh, a lot more. I mean, we probably expect premiums maybe to go up with the inflation rate or the uh, CPI, but when it goes up um, abnormally, uh, uh, that has a big impact on our clients because they, mm. they've got small businesses they're trying to run and they're trying to keep expenses down. Especially, I mean, their wages haven't sort of been growing at that rate um, in a lot of cases, most cases, yeah. pretty much every case. So having things like, you know, electricity prices rising and insurance prices rising and it's, um, it's, it's certainly, there's a bit of a, you know, it's becoming a bit harder to, you have to, people are starting to cut back on things in order to, to, yeah. to make ends meet. One of the problems with insurance is that an area to cut back in, on is to yeah. reduce your sum insured. Yeah. And under insurance is a big problem uh, also. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. so while we uh, insurance companies might index people's houses because they think, uh, oh, it will cost 5% more this Every, year to yeah. rebuild their home, uh, but the premium goes up 12%. Um, yeah. the, the customer say, oh, it's not going to cost any, any more than it did last year. Can you put it back to what some insured was last year? And that reduces the price a little bit um, uh, to help them out. But if they and, have and, a fire, makes, and it sort of makes sense that they try to do whatever they can, yeah. Yeah, but if they have a fire and uh, it turns out that they're, they're uh, perhaps 40000 short and it would have only cost them $20 to cover that 40000 and that's often... That's how little it can be, just to save a few yeah. bucks. Mm. Um, they have to borrow an extra forty thousand uh, from yeah. the bank to rebuild their home, and so under insurance is a problem. And because with prices going up, mm. uh, people will tend to cut corners. And I mean, do you personally see a lot of under insurance? You see like cases where people try to make a claim that you see that they haven't sort of hit the the mark of what they needed to hit, and, and you're seeing this sort of thing that you're talking about. Yeah, um, you do see it. Uh, a person says, oh, you know, I, I, I should have insured for a replacement cost, shouldn't I, uh, instead of market value and things like that. Um, you know, so if, if we have a, uh, a person who insures their office contents, what they've got to think about is if they have a fire um, and they, go to, they have to buy new office contents to come in and replace it, and uh, those office contents goes up in price. Yeah. Um, when people tend to look around, oh, well, the de- desks and chairs, they're pretty old a- anyway, so I might as well keep the sun insured low. Yeah. So when they uh, have a fire, they probably accept the fact that they've got a realistic value for their, um, their contents, mm. but what they then find is that they've got to replace it with brand new items, and that has a big impact on their cash flow. Then they check the policy then and find that they could have insured for the new replacement value, mm. and uh, and that's uh, when they um, regret uh, mm. um, not uh, insuring for replacement value. But those are all the sorts of challenges, and that's the advice you know, we constantly discuss with our clients. And mm. It's not something you're going to readily get to, um uh, from the media um, yep. and uh, or going online uh, looking for quotes uh, these issues uh, it's our job as insurance brokers to keep our clients informed particularly at renewal time about all these issues that, that they face and, and have them make informed and appropriate decisions mm. 
Yeah, that's all good. So, what, what do you, what do you sort of, you got anything planned over Easter or anything like that? Oh, myself personally, I'm going to Blues Fest. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So, yeah. what's you looking at? You, you've been how many times have you been to Blues Fest over oh, the years? I can't remember. I don't know, five or six times, I think. Uh, um, Johnny going again this year? Yeah, he yeah, he loves it. Um, yeah, he's uh, and he's starting to play the guitar a lot more, so which is good. So get to see these talented musicians and hopefully get inspired more by them. So when you go to that, what what's, do you set up a tent there? What, how do you sort of what's your accommodation? Oh, well, we we stay in a tent motel. Uh, tent motel. Uh, yeah. So they they already sent up set up a tent for Is it you. Like a tippy thing or. You can get a, a, a teepee. Um, that's one of the uh, options you've yeah. got. Um, we just grab an ordinary tent, uh, uh, and uh, it's got a couple of uh, um, beds in it, and uh, just have there. to bring yeah, just have to bring your own linen and pillows. And uh, so it's not like you have to bring too much stuff then with you, just to no, to and enjoy the, yourself. And there's a lot of uh, food available. Yeah, of course, uh, yeah, in Blues Fest. Uh, How many days does it go for you? Uh, five days. Yeah, so so. All of Easter, basically. Yeah, so, so it starts the Thursday afternoon. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Yeah, Monday night, and then we come home Tuesday morning and back to work. Yeah. But uh, well, It's not far away. Yeah, but we've got Anzac Day a couple of days later. Um, yeah. So I think a lot of people will be... Uh, Making that a bit of a holiday week, but I think school goes I back. Think I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, Blues Fest. It's their thirtieth year, and uh, um, they should have a, a lot of uh, um, great performances there. So we're looking forward to it. Mm. Yeah. Brook Business Group. I mean, I, I ran things a little bit when you're away, <laughs> about a week or so. Yeah. Ago. Thanks very much for that. No, uh, that's fine. That was it. Was great. Um, and I think the group is still pretty good. I mean, sometimes you have months where there's not as many people there, but um, a great group of people. And obviously, gonna, is the plan to continue to do this every month still? Is it still going pretty well? Yeah, while there's still people um, wanting to be involved and go to it, the, the idea of the Kedron group, business group, is for people in the mainly the Windsor, Wilston, Grange area, small businesses to get, get together. together. Yeah. Um, it doesn't Learn cost them stuff. anything except for breakfast. breakfast. Uh, um, and we also try to use a different um, uh, venue uh, each month so that uh, each cafe gets a little bit of a, a boost um, 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 and a bit of promotion for themselves. And uh, and it gives us an opportunity to hear from a, uh, a couple of businesses uh, to talk about their own businesses and and uh, get to know each other better gets back to that um, those personal relationships and you, you can form some very good long term relationships uh, from being involved in groups uh, not just Kedron Book Business Group but the Valley Chamber of Commerce is a fantastic group and um, we've got to know so many people from being involved with the Valley uh, Chamber of Commerce and and, and Building up all those friendships and relationships and uh, and so forth is ultimately good, uh, not just for your own business, but just for life in general. Yeah, no, it's, it's sort of yeah, a lot, a lot of that type of networking that you've spoken about. I sort of look forward to that on a fairly regular basis. Uh, <laughs> 
bit of music. Yeah. Was that? Uh, that was uh, that was the wife. That <laughs> was yeah. Mandy saying, "Must be time for the podcast to be over." Is that was what she's trying to tell us. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Uh, we've had our fun for the day, I guess. But uh, thank you very much, uh, Robert. It's been great to have you back on the the podcast. Any sort of final things that you wanted to add? I know you had a, had a nice, good chat about uh, about breaking there today. It's it's gone forty eight minutes. Yeah, well, uh, you know, I, I welcome anyone if uh, if they want to um, find out more about uh, how our profession works. Uh, please give us a call, uh, and you know, we, we think our profession is is vital uh, in the business world, in the in the business sector uh, for small to medium business. But we also understand that uh, um, small businesses uh, have got to be wary of their, their costs and expenses, but we'd like to think that we assist in keeping those as minimal as possible. No worries. Thanks, Robert. Thanks very much for being on the podcast again. Uh, make sure you share that uh, to everybody there and, and get the content around. But uh, thank you very much, and we'll... Uh, we'll have a keep chatting I guess uh, at the lunch